I am ready. <laughs> this is this is it. And 2021. Okay. We are gonna start killing it this year. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I've changed my sweatshirt. Already yeah. things are looking up. Yeah. And I showered. I showered and changed clothing. It's a big day. All right, Anne. Well, you know what? And here's my other big announcement. I'm going to call this episode season two, episode one. <gasps> really? Yeah, I thought about it. I think this is season okay. two. What, what makes it season, season two? You know, just new year. New year. New season. Okay, so every year is a new season? Yeah. Let's see, <laughs> see how, we, how we go. Okay. Wow. Oh, well, it's episode 20. You know what? I'm going to say this. You might find this. Uh, diff- I think maybe next episode should be season two. Because won't this be episode 24? It will be. So maybe it's 20 f- batches of 24 or a season. Oh, you like that as a, you have some well, I mean, numerology. And then, well, I don't know. I actually would, would have to consult a book to see what numer- <laughs> numerology wise would be ideal. All right. Well, maybe, we'll, so we'll stay tuned and see how, you'll, you'll get back to me by the time we post it. We'll see. <laughs> You, you advise me. I don't want to, I don't want to go against the numbers. I know it's how you get make things. Such a difference. It does. It's a big, it's a big difference. I actually don't know too much about numerology. And new I year, know. new goals. I, know. I should, um, I should do some research. Some do, do the research and do the research. Okay. All right. Well, let's kick it off. That's outrageous. 2021. That's right. Outrageous. Okay. All right, Anne. Welcome to That's Outrageous. I am Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And I'm no longer Anne's best friend, but that's okay. It's okay. You're right. You're still rising up the ranks, Chrissy. I really am. I feel good about it. I feel good about the progress I've made, about the connection. It's not easy, Anne. We used to see each other every day. Now I I really got to work at it. I know. It's hard. It's look. (laughs) Everything that's important takes effort. <laughs> well, Anne, that's interesting you say that because on this episode, we are going to talk about this little known film called Fishes and Loaves Heaven Sent. Fishes and Loaves, the letter N apostrophe. Yes. Could only be starring the one and only Patrick Muldoon. And I'm going to apologize for, for this one. Well, but let me say this. There's one character who has all these folksy, like, aphorisms. And I was going to say that character would know what the wine is sweeter, the juice is sweeter, whatever. She would know. The sweeter the juice, the sweeter. No, I was going to say something. Uh, dirt that now. seems to be going in a bad direction. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, before we get to that, we're going to start with the news, Anne. Yes. What's happening in, in 2021? Well, I'm going to start with a story, Anne, that I would classify as... Chrissy clutches her pearls. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you'll see what you think. Okay. This, I just, this, it's just a head scratcher. And I'm going to clutch my pearls at the same time. Okay. The martial arts masters of a remote village in central China have undertaken a campaign to ensure the survival of an arcane technique known as, I'm not making this up, Iron crotch kung fu. Oh. Yeah. The method involves using qigong breathing 
to steer oneself to the agony of being beaten in the groin. Oh, like getting kicked in the balls. Yeah, but even worse, with sticks, bricks, or even a swinging 88-pound steel-capped log. Wow, 88 pounds. Yeah. Over the years, the number of kung fu students in the village able to endure such pain has dwindled to a mere five. Uh, this man named Wang Lutao. His name is Wang, and it's about his penis. That's funny. Yeah. Well, he's an iron crotch kung fu master. <laughs> I didn't that, expect nothing less of Wang. Of course. It was predestined. He said, as long as you push yourself, you will feel great. I mean, I guess there's something to mind over matter, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know why, you know, like, why is this the endeavor? This, this is what you want to, you know, overcome. Yeah. What, what is, what, what is to be gained by this? One has to wonder. I don't know. I mean, I do understand that getting kicked in the balls or any sort of, I mean, an 88 pound <laughs> metal thing i mean that would i i understand it's very painful yeah but um still cap blog i feel like the odds of it happening are probably not great on a day-to-day basis that's true the odds that a freestanding log is coming your way is a, it seems like something you really don't have to prepare in life for i wonder how bad it actually hurts because let's be honest women's pain threshold is much higher than men's so I wonder if the feeling of getting kicked in the balls is like the equivalent of menstrual cramps in women. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I want, I want to know, like just how bad does this hurt? On a scale of one to 10. Yeah. Cause the balls seem, I mean, they're so um, delicate that I think anything would probably be not great. But I mean, like boobs are delicate. I'm trying to think what, what's comparable on a woman's body. Well, I mean, I have to say anyone who's been anywhere in your body beaten with sticks, bricks, or a swinging 88-pound steel cap log is going to hurt. Like, it doesn't, yeah. even if you get it in the bicep or something, it's still going to hurt. Yeah. That is true. It seems. I, I would like to know. I'd like to get some medical data. Yeah. And, and it's just, it seems to be confined, which no, I guess that's not really surprising that it's confined, to this remote village in central China. Like, why, people? Is there nothing else happening there? I think it's just, you know, to gain complete control over one's mind. Yes. Well, it does have something to do with this breathing technique. Like when people walk across fire and shit. It's like the same kind of thing. It's like, I'm going to do this horrific thing so that, you know, I can, my mind can tell my body that it's okay. Yeah. I just don't know why. Now, I personally don't understand it and would not. I don't believe in pushing your body to the limit, period. You know that. I agree with you. I mean, you know, but you run a marathon. Like you, you, that's push to me, that's really pushing your body to the limit is running a marathon. Yeah, that, well, actually, okay. I did do that. That When I feel discomfort, I go, no, (laughs) that's it. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That was just kind of a goal, like to be like, all right, I could do this. Well, that's the thing. You can do lots of things. I can get a a metal battering ram in my crotch. I can do it right now if I wanted to, but I just don't because I feel like it's going to hurt and I don't want to do it. Yeah. Why would, why would you, why would you? Well, 
listen, at some point, maybe we can get Wang on and we can ask him. If we were I would like to know. Show. I mean, I do have, I, I do admire, you know, people who really uh, want to push themselves. I think it's great. It's just not a quality that I have. So I just don't understand it. I agree. Good for you. Good for you. If you, you know, if you feel good about it, you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. He says you'll feel, he doesn't even say good. He says you will feel great. I mean, great seems a bit of an oversell. I think, yeah. I think he is trying to just recruit some new people to try it. Yeah. All right, Anne. And one more. You know, last week we were talking about this dog that had um, gotten oh, lost yeah. and wandered into the Walmart. That's right. It was a lovely feel-good story. Yes. Well, get ready to have the same feeling about a llama. Oh, it's not often that you hear about a missing llama. Do people have llamas as pets? I guess they do. Well, I'll say this. This is about a llama named Gizmo. Okay. Um, and this woman uh, who lives actually here in Westchester, who has, obviously, this is a wealthy person. Someone in Westchester has a private 90-acre horse farm in Bedford Corners. And she rescued Gizmo and another llama earlier this month to live on the farm. Okay. Uh, and her farm is fenced in, but as it turns out, because I think these are her first two llamas, uh, the, the fence was not high enough to hold the nervous new llamas. So two days after they arrived, one of them jumped a fence. Oh, sorry. They both jumped the fence. Oh. They both jumped the fence. And one of them they lassoed and brought back. The other one was on the run for two weeks. Two weeks? Two weeks. They were saying, you think it'd be easy to spot a llama on the run, but it took them two weeks. Um, they had local animal rescue groups trying to help. Posters were put up by volunteers. They were saying that they were worried about the llama because it was cold outside. And it was in the midst. We had a couple weeks ago, we had this very large snowstorm. Um, they had they used drones with thermal imaging technology to try to track down. That's a Gizmo. lot of resources for this llama. I mean, really? look, Ismo, I'm glad you're all right, but I mean, come on. Yeah. So they finally, um, the Buddha Dog Rescue and Recovery posted on Facebook that it had been recovered. Uh, a maintenance crew. Well, this is funny because I guess up in Bedford, there's a lot of farms. So basically, this llama went from one farm to another. Is that where Martha Stewart is, Bedford? Doesn't she have her compound up yes. there? Yeah, so it's like yes. rich. I mean, I feel like she probably has llamas. Maybe maybe Gizmo wandered over to, Lam to, to Martha Stewart's farm. Maybe. But they, a maintenance crew on a local farm said that Gizmo had been spotted there. Um, they thought that Gizmo belonged on the farm and didn't realize until later when they saw the missing poster. So they went back and they last, I guess you're the only way to get a... A llama, a llama is to lasso them. Everyone's lassoing these Lassos llamas. Lassos are cool. I wish I knew how to lasso. Yeah, there's a video of them lassoing the, the llama. That is a really interesting skill to have. I would spend all my time, instead of getting the metal to the balls, I would learn how to lasso. <laughs> that's at least cool. <laughs> and you can catch things like llamas. And they got llama. And so they got the llama. So Gizmo is back home in Bedford. Well, thank God. Thank God. They, I don't know too much about llamas. I mean, I know people have them as pets. I think they spit. Isn't that what they do? They spit at people. I don't, 
Well, I know camels spit. Do llamas? Oh, maybe it's camels. I could be confused. Camels are supposed. I actually, oddly enough, have ridden a camel, Anne. But you um, have. I did. We went to Africa a number of years ago, and we went on a camel ride. Oh, how was it? I'd be scared. They they're so tall. They're big. Uh they they were i mean they were led we we weren't we weren't like riding them by ourselves like there was a a man that led them so it wasn't like you were just on your own with this camel yeah but i will say this sort of sounds funny but the scariest part of the whole thing was the llamas like well the llamas the camels lay down we're not lay down they kind of go down so you can get on them yeah and then when they stand up that was the scariest part because it's just very yeah. sudden it's like all of a sudden you're like up in the air on like a lot of the different housewives, like there's numerous various ones where people are riding camels and there's oh. usually always a problem. With the, with the ride? Yeah, like somebody falls off or like it's a runaway camel. Yeah, I'm sure they do that for a dramatic effect because we, di- we, didn't, we didn't have any scary moments with our camels. Do they smell? No. I mean, we were outside. I don't remember there being a terrible smell. I was, I'm not lying. I was afraid of the camel, but. If, yeah, I don't think I'd want to do that. I think it would be too, I'd, like one. Of, it's one of those things where you out you weigh the fun of it for the work of it. You know, like that's why I don't do skiing and stuff like that. I just feel like in my mind I'd be on it and I'd be doing it, and then I say, "Why? Why am I doing it? like? <laughs> why, why am I doing this?" It was not scary once you were just. I mean, we literally walked around like the thing was going two miles an hour, if that. But. Yes, I have ridden a camel. Oh, look at you, fancy pants. Fancy pants. But I can't say that I'd be able to lasso that camel and bring it back. I don't think, I wonder if you could lasso a camel. They're very big. They are very Yeah, big. I feel like you'd have to have a really high throw like, to and get it. I think it. you'd have to have several people. Yeah. Because they're big. Something, so, something to ponder. I'm putting it on the list 2021. Learn how to lasso. <laughs> Learn how to lasso. One more animal story for you, Anne. Oh, well, it wouldn't be, you know what? It's a new year, but there's still multiple animal story, stories, everyone. Um, I don't know if you know this, but there have been several aggressive squirrel attacks over the last few weeks in Queens. Really? Yes. This actually freaks me out because we have so many squirrels in our yard. Yeah, if they banded together and turned on everyone, we'd be in trouble. Oh, it would be bad. It would be bad. Well, this poor woman, Micheline Frederick, is still bruised. Her bite wounds, cannot believe this, her bite wounds are healing after she was attacked by a squirrel a week ago. Was it like rabid? That's not normal squirrel behavior. I mean, they can be total assholes, but they don't go to bite you usually. Yeah, well, she says that the squirrel, totally unprovoked, went after her as she stood on the front stoop of her Rigo Park home. Um, there's a photo you can actually, this is disgusting, see blood in the snow. Oh, God. Yeah. She says, we were wrestling in the snow and there's blood everywhere and my fingers are getting chewed and it won't <gasps> let go. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a security camera image shows the squirrel latched onto her left hand. Oh, my God. I'm going to throw up. That is a nightmare. That's like the guy who fell into the the pile of rats a guy fell into a pile you didn't of hear about that guy there was a no. guy it, it was in new york he was like walking mine in his own business and fell through i don't know it was a great or um just the the ground opened up something happened and he fell through and it was like thousands of rats 
that were covering him. Ugh. It was like literally the stuff of nightmares. That is, that yeah. is a nightmare. Did how did he get out? I don't even know how he got out. I think I I don't know. But I mean he got out obviously. I think it was in front of people. Like he's walking down the side like down the street. And then oh. the ground gave way and it was he was enveloped in rats, which is truly, I mean, that would, I think, damage your psyche to the point of like no return. Oh my, uh, yeah. I would, I would need intense psychological. Yeah, there isn't enough money. You know, he, I'm, I'm sure they're suing whoever the state, whoever's in charge of that, whatever he fell through, but I can't, there's not enough money in the world. No, no, I agree. I but agree. I imagine also a squirrel biting your hand until it's bloody and bleeding is not as bad as the rats but that's pretty disgusting oh yeah well well and and this has happened there's been more than one incident this woman she said uh, a squirrel went after her husband twice what and then this time he said he basically um, i'm guessing he is the squirrel he basically grabbed onto the plastic bag i had tried to climb up my leg i was able to shoo them off that was the first time the second time was right here when i tried to get in um, this other woman said she was walking up to her house when a squirrel jumped on her back oh and bit her arm. Yeah. Maybe it was the same squirrel all this time. I don't know. They're, well, they're, they, they are, they are guessing that maybe these squirrels have rabies. Um, and they said that they've called the department of health in, in New York city and they told them to hire a licensed trapper and haven't done anything else. Well, I told you what the trappers do. Like when we had raccoons in my old building and yeah. the guy came and he got the raccoons and he just walked them to the edge of the park and let them out again. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's what all trappers do, but you know. It's crazy. That Being is. attacked by a squirrel. It jumps on your back. That's disgusting. What the heck is that? Jumping on your back. I, I. That's no good. I think I'd actually have to move. Well, I mean, but you can't avoid squirrels. I mean, squirrels are kind of everywhere. If you had this aggressive squirrel just like laying in wait for you, wouldn't you? I don't know what I would do. I probably wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> laying in wait. Um, I don't know what I would do. We I mean, had, it sounds like it's almost personal. It does. Well, this like, poor woman, there's a picture of her hand. It's completely all bitten, cut up. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, we don't know. Maybe there's a feud. There's an unknown feud between the squirrel and that family, like the, like Jaws. I don't know. Well, they have pictures. It's, it's, it's very, very terrible. That's all I can say. I feel bad for these people in Queens. She said she was calling it like an MMA cage match and she lost. That's what she says. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> God, to say the least. Good Lord. What is the world coming to? I would say that your lasso skills would come in handy for that. I mean, they're so little. I think it'd be hard to lasso a squirrel. What? Oh, I feel like that's a job for Woody, the, the little cowboy from Toy Story. <laughs> like he his, could probably lasso His squirrel. size. Yeah. yeah. He could, and then he could probably wrangle some squirrels. He could do it. Yeah. If anyone could do it, it's Tom Hanks as Woody. The, the fictional cartoon Woody would be a good solve for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, that, 
So that's where we're at, Anne. That's the state of the world right now. The squirrels are attacking. The llamas are running away. The dogs are running away. The kangaroos are any minute now. Oh, the kangaroos are making real connections, though. I mean, look at ants. Ants terrify me. They're so smart. They have the the queen. They under they have all of these you know sensors in their fucking tentacle things. If if we if if ants were able to get enlarged by nuclear nuclear waste, you know, like in movies, and grow, we'd be doomed because they logistically would figure it all out. Well, that's actually like a different Patrick Muldoon vehicle, Starship Troopers. That's basically what's happening in that movie. Well, that's true. Well, ice spiders. What about the Muldoon vehicle ice spiders? Those giant spiders certainly, you know. It's amazing how many Muldoon connections you can make. You can make them all. Yeah. Well, we're about to make a new one, Anne, because like we mentioned, this week we watched. <laughs> Oof, you guys, I'm going to look. They can't all be winners, okay? They can't. And I will tell you, I thought that this film started off with such promise. And I believe we told you it's called Fishes in Loaves. <laughs> and that's a capital N exclamation, or uh, what's it called? Apostrophe. Apostrophe. Yeah. Colon, Heaven Sent. Heaven Sent. And it stars our... Uh, wonderful patrick muldoon as a pastor in a church and guess who plays his wife in this one everybody dina meyer dina meyer they really do a lot of films together yeah they're like good pals they're like the hepburn and tracy of (laughs) d movies (laughs) they sure are i love i think it's delightful i will say that's where the delight begins and ends with this one (laughs) because don't you think it started off good? I thought the first 10 minutes ago, this is going to be really good. I'm going to say that this is a movie where in the first 10 minutes, you know exactly how it's going to end. And, oh, yeah. And believe me, there's a lot of legitimate movies that you're like that too. But this one just never, there's never a curveball at all. No. It just, it just, it's like. It's, it's yeah. belaboring the point, the belaboring the, uh, the ending. Yeah. Um, did I think it started off real good? Uh, I have a lot. I have a, I actually made a list, Anne, of things. I have like my top, I was going to say five, but I actually think it's six. Of things that troubled you? Six things. Top six things that I just, you know how like in Starship Troopers, I just had a hard time yeah, following you along? It. Yeah. This one, I mean, I definitely followed along, but there's just several things that I was like, huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are they? Yeah. Well, so, all right, here, let's just give everyone the basic. You want to give a little premise. Okay. I'm sure zero people have seen this. Yeah. And you know what? It's okay to to go ahead and miss this one. (laughs) Well, or not. Maybe you're into it. Anyone who liked Touched by an Angel might like this. That was a long running series. Yeah. Basically, Patrick Muldoon plays, as Anne said, a pastor. Dina Meyer is his wife. They have two teenage children. Well, I, actually, that's not even on my list, but I'll just mention that at one point she says she's been listening to him preach for 12 years, and their kids are older than that. I was like, I, anyway, they don't really get into a lot of backstory, but yeah, um, he is in Los Angeles um and the church that he's preaching in is closing due to lack of attendance (laughs) and they decide to send him to um 
Eufaula, Eufaula, Arizona, which I swear they just named that so they could make the joke at the beginning. So he, when he was saying, you follow, and he's like, yeah. yeah, I'm following you. I think that's honestly why they decided to go with a town named Eufaula. I think you're right. Um, it's E-U-F-A-L-A for anyone interested. Arizona, where he's just going to consult on who their new pastor should be. This I is thought a- that was the dumbest thing. I was like, who's ever heard of such a thing? Why is he going to consult? Why wouldn't he just become the new pastor? Why don't they go, now you're the pastor there? Thank you. That is actually on my list of things. Yeah, that bothered me too. Because I wasn't paying full attention. Like at one point I went, wait, they're not just moving there for that's his new job. He's just consulting, but he's moving into like a home. Yeah, a home. It seems like a a, a lot for a very short-term assignment. Like why wouldn't he have just gone by himself and let his family stay? Yeah. It was a short term. Like there's, yeah, that's questionable. Yes. But again, that, that doesn't usually stop us. Usually I let plot go out the window if I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> but in this one, I did go, huh? Yeah. So basically he goes on this assignment to find them a new pastor. And then he's supposedly going to be moving on to something else that he doesn't know yet. So he uproots his whole family from LA. None of them want to leave. Um, the, the, the concession is they let their daughter bring a dog. I was like, whatever. And uh, they move there. And then, of course, in this small town, Arizona, they all sort of become their best selves, let's just say. The son, who was always addicted to video games, joins the baseball team as the assistant manager, which much to the delight of his father. He can't believe this great accomplishment that he's got. But what was funny is that I go, oh, he made the team. And the answer is no, he did not make the team. He's the manager. The assistant manager. He volunteered. Of of literally a one horse town. It's like who, who probably is a horse. That's the actual manager. I mean, it was. Yeah. I was going to say, do they even have 11 players? Yeah. Then the daughter, you know, becomes friends. like, you know, makes friends with this other girl, the wife. Well, we'll have to get into this. She, as far as I could tell, I don't think she had a job, right? She didn't have. I don't think she had a job. Dina Meyer. I don't think so. Yeah. So she. Um, just falls into a job as a fashion consultant at the beauty parlor. Now, how Whatever many that means. parlors do you know have a fashion consultant? But and, oh, and when the show, when they first moved to Arizona, Dina Meyer is uh, a jogger, and everyone in town finds this bizarre. They literally stop their car to ask her what she's doing. Yeah, like they've never seen a person running. Right, as if jogging is something so foreign. And then by the end, she has a whole group of ladies who are running with her and they're crediting her with changing their lives. I'm like, running? This isn't, this isn't, she's not introducing like Zumba or something. It's just literally putting on a pair of sneakers and running outside. Wow. Um, And then at the end... Of course, they decide that this is where they want to be. They're going to stay in Eufaula, Arizona. And he formally puts forth his uh, resume to become the town pastor, pastor, which is immediately accepted with open arms. Everyone is rejoicing. Yeah. And, and I was rejoicing because that meant it was over. That was, and that was the end. That was the end. So here's my issues, Anne. I, I made, here's Chrissy's, now I'm going to say top six. Okay. Top six grievances. Are they grievances? I don't know. I just think they're, 
there are things that I find interesting about the plot. Number one, which is what you just touched upon, in what universe do you need to have someone go on site just to essentially conduct interviews to become a pastor? I mean, I don't understand. I'm, I'm not well versed uh, in, in um, the human resources of <laughs> past or church business. Like, I don't really know how they do that. Um, I thought usually it's just like one guy molests somebody. So then they move them somewhere else. Is how that usually works. Um, but I don't think they put that on their resume. No. And the other thing is, this is even more perplexing. There were two, actually two more things about that that were perplexing was that there, there was still a pastor there. It wasn't yeah, like. It was getting edged out. Yeah. He, it's not like he couldn't have done the interviews for his right. replacement. And who, who was calling for his replacement? Like corporate? They were going to seem like there was court. It was like, like corporate headquarters was like, <laughs> we got to get this guy out. His, he's not bringing in the numbers we need. We got to. <laughs> We got to bring in somebody, you know, let's bring in a consultant to figure it out. It was very bizarre. Maybe that is how it works in the biz. I don't know. Well, and let me say, I'm going to say, actually, now I have two more things to say about that. And I also, because, you know, this movie isn't that clear on, you know, step by step. I assumed during this whole time that he was there that he was giving sermons. But then at the end, they're like, and now we want you to give the sermon. I'm like, he's been there for six months and hasn't given a single sermon? Like, what is he doing? What is I don't he- know what he was doing. He was like, doing a lot of paperwork. I'm not quite... <laughs> look, this is the... Look, I'll say, I think all of that was the least of the problems. We haven't even touched on... Let's hear what's next on your list? Because we're, we're going to go round and round on this one. And we're not going to even come to an answer, a solution. No. Well, okay. But before... This is the last part of this, this question. <laughs> Is that, because this is what you were saying, the current pastor, right, yeah. you're saying who was calling for him to leave. He was an older man. He's not that old. It was Bruce Davison. What's he, like 70? Yeah. And, and, but the best is, so they finally show a sermon, and it's Bruce Davison playing the current <laughs> pastor. He's sitting in a chair, asleep. He was pretending. No, no, I know. But this oh. is how, as the, like, you know, the choir is singing he's literally sitting in a chair <laughs> on the altar pretending yeah. to sleep and snoring and did you notice they're all dressed in like street like they're all wearing like literally gym shorts and t-shirts yes which i thought i was like huh okay i thought that was very strange and then he pops awake <laughs> the old fa- he was doing the old fake out chrissy yeah and he's like I, you know, you all think that I sleep through these sermons. I'm like, God, I hope that they don't actually think that. <laughs> That's the, the funny thing is they go on and on there. He's beloved by the <laughs> town, this man. They're like, you've been the pastor here since I was a child. They love this guy. Like, yeah. I don't think they want to see him go. No, well, the whole thing is that he's irreplaceable. That's why it's this yeah. hunt. And then he just basically gets up and he's like, yeah, my time is done here and we're going to get a new pastor. We haven't found one, but Patrick Muldoon here is going to do the sermon next week on his way out the door. Yeah. It's look, there are multiple (laughs) problems with the plot. (laughs) Okay. Multiple. Here's number two on my list. Okay. Dina Meyer. who (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Of course you know what I'm going to say, but I will say 
I think by a, by a long shot, by a long mile, she is the best actress in this movie by far, by far. However, <laughs> for reasons that I do not understand because they start the movie in Los Angeles, right. she has this horrendous <laughs> New York accent. I know. And yeah. I'm like, why? And at one point she makes the point that Patrick Muldoon moved to LA for her. So I'm like, when did she, why does she have a New York accent? It's so bad. Then she has her brother and her sister-in-law also with horrible New York accents. I think honestly, it's because they own a pizza place. Yeah. Like, they're that- literally like, hey, gabagool. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, and then Muldoon kind of does it here and there. Very sporadic. I couldn't decide if he was supposed to have a New York accent. I, and then she, and she'll come in and out of it. And then you know what else I found fascinating is when they, so they moved to Arizona, right? And Dominique Swain, who plays the, she's like the, what, the assistant in the church or like the secretary? She has a lot of jobs. She owns the, she, she's a beautician. She owns her own beauty parlor called, what was it? Curl up and die or something. Yeah. And and yes, she's some kind of administrative assistant in the church. Well, she inexplicably has a Southern accent. Yes, she does. And I'm like, I've been to Arizona. I don't consider it the South in no. it by any stretch, nor do, I mean, unless you're from the South and you move there, I swear to God, I think the director was just like, you know what? If you like accents, <laughs> use one. You like it? You want your you believe your character came from Georgia and relocated in your own personal backstory? Great. Yes, but I do think that the Dominique Swain character was supposed to be born and raised in, in Yeah, she's Paula. all hey y'all. I mean, it was an extreme southern accent. Yeah, her name is Reva. And and that's like a southern name. I'm like, what what is what is happening with the accents in this movie? It was bizarre. It was bizarre. I- the other thing is, let me just say, I mean, listen, I know, I know that there are parts of New York City where people still have pretty thick accents, but most people who live in New York do not sound like that. And it's just like, every time someone has to put on a New York accent, they go so, they go full like my cousin Vinny. It's like, yeah. Well, the same thing with her, with her, with her Southern accent. And it was like, it's hotter outside than a June bug in July. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff. I'm like, what is happening? And then there yes. was the one lady with the cowboy hat i mean there was just there, uh, a yeah. lot of accents to choose from it was like my cousin Vinny meets steel magnolias except it took place in arizona very peculiar all right number three i'm just gonna stay in the beauty parlor now that we're there because that's where reva is so there's this character i don't even understand what the point of having her she was this local reporter who was determined as if this is the big get determined to get an interview with dina meyer she's like i really need to interview you the pastor's wife even dina meyer is perplexed by this she's like oh you want to interview him she's like no i really need to get to you yeah well and lest we forget when so in the beginning of this of the plot, when he realized when Muldoon realizes he's gonna lose his job because his church is closing, Dina <laughs> Meyer's all, well, great. Now now you can just go work for my brother. <laughs> um, who owns a pizza parlor? And he's like, I don't want to work for him. But he spends one day in the pizza parlor mopping the floor. Yeah. No and kidding. is miserable. Of course. And 
Dina Meyer and the sister-in-law have this, I thought, an extremely troubling conversation (laughs) where the sister-in-law essentially says to her, oh, your job because you love him is you just give, essentially give up on your own hopes and dreams and, and do what the husband wants you to do. Yeah. Which I, my mouth, I was like, when was this made? I mean, it was, it was bizarre. (laughs) She's like, well, here I am. I'm the waitress in this um, pizza parlor. My dream was to become a dental hygienist, but I just gave it up because I wanted to make my, my man happy. And then the same thing with the, with the lady who was the um, reporter, she's like, well, I, my dream, my dream was to live in the big city and, you know, work in broadcast journalism. And I moved out there, but it was too hard. So I moved back. Yeah. It was all women. It was every single woman who has, has lowered their life expectations. I'm, I'm ashamed to say I wasn't even troubled by that. The part that troubled me was that she finally lands the big interview with Dina Meyer. <laughs> Dina Meyer, who has literally nothing to do all day other than go for a run, is like, I don't have time. She just moved somewhere and these people kept bugging and showing up in their house and like unpacking their shit. I thought that was bizarre. Oh yeah, they and, and making meals, full meals. They're, co- they're cooking. They're like, oh, where do the pots go? I'm like, I'm sorry, what's your name? Yeah. Who are you and why are you in my house? Yeah, that was another, that was actually... The, the day they pull into town, they have their U-Haul outside of the church. When they come out, the U-Haul is gone. They report it missing. The, the local sheriff is like, ha ha, silly people. So Let me bring you to your new house. Because they took their U-Haul and were now un- completely unpacking it and <laughs> making them their first meal. Complete strangers. All right. So what's your ne- next one? Oh, well, this is the thing. So, so she... So this little mousy reporter. Oh, right. It's the old, she wears glasses, no makeup, you know, yeah, that, that like, routine. Her big goal in life is to date the town sheriff, right? Yeah. So she's like, I'm going to take you to Riva and we're going to give you a makeover. But she doesn't like Riva because Riva likes to whore it up and wears like roll like sexy clothes. And yeah. they kind of imply, they don't say it, but I feel like they kind of imply that she's like the town whore. Don't you think? Well, she was saying that she was flirting with the sheriff, even though she was dating the head of the choir. Right. But she, they made it seem kind of like she was a little loose, which yeah, I'm fine with. And I wish there were some scenes where she was being loose because it would have spiced things up. She dresses for the town, I guess, provocatively. Yes. Um, I would say for church, maybe your vagina shouldn't be showing. Yes, tight, short dresses. One was full leather or pleather. Yeah, it looked like a dominatrix outfit. Yeah. She had like it was. She had a necklace that was um, made of spikes. Yeah, which is a bit much for you know pancake breakfast at the church. For church, yeah, for church. So she brings her to this salon, to Riva's salon. Now the best thing is there's a woman. She's actively like supposedly like working on someone's hair. They didn't even bother to take this woman who was in the chair's hair out of a ponytail. She has a ponytail and she's supposedly getting her hair cut. And Dominique Swain is like, Reba is like, you're good, move along. And so she just kicks her out of the chair. Someone else is waiting, but she ushers in this reporter as if like this was the VIP that she's been waiting for. Literally, all they do to this girl is take her glasses off and essentially comb her hair. Yeah. They comb her hair, put some, slap some rouge on. Yeah. And put her in a dress. 
And she's like, oh, they're all like, it's like a miracle has happened. You would have thought she was going to burst into tears. Like she's never seen herself look so beautiful. She looked exactly the same. And then it's intimated. They never explain it, but it seems like she's then now with the sheriff. The the sheriff. Like it seems like they're a couple. Yeah. Then the next time you see her, she's with the sheriff. Like this is just a done deal now. It's the old, oh, you were not have your glasses on. I didn't realize you were beautiful underneath there. That routine. Yeah, glasses and just put a dress on. It was, there was like, they didn't change her color. They didn't even put highlights in. There's like, no. not, there's nothing different about her. They just ran a brush through it and slapped some lip gloss on. And you too can get the man of your dreams. Who knew it was so easy. And I mean, come on. Who knew? Yeah. So that was point number three. Okay. <laughs> in a similar vein. Reva has a daughter who's a teenager. I didn't even realize that was her daughter till towards the end. I was like, that's her daughter? They look like they're the same age. Or maybe Dominique Spain just looks really young. She's like all goth. Oh, actually, this goes to your other point, Anne. She's like all goth. And she's telling the, the preacher's daughter, who she becomes friends with, that her goal in life, actually, this is good, Anne. Her goal in life is to get out of Ufala. Mm-hmm. and get, go to the big city and, and live a different life but her mother just wants her to take over the beauty salon yeah and then by the end first of all i didn't understand why she was goth i guess that was like to rebel against her her very Sexy flashy mom. mother yeah by the and i don't even know what triggered this but she's now not goth she's wearing clothes other than black clothes and she's decided this town is just good enough she's just gonna yeah. stay and that really should be what this was called. Just good enough <laughs> for everyone. They're like, we're just, you know what? We're just going to stay right here in, in this lot in life. <laughs> it really is. It's a story of really don't reach too far. Like what you got is probably okay. And this girl is deciding this at like the age of 15. Yeah. Didn't you, I thought that the two daughters were going to be in a romance. Yeah, there were some, well, that, well, what about, oh, sorry. When they meet the goth girl. The boy, the, the Pete preacher's son, who's again, probably 16, immediately says to her, you're pretty. Yeah. I thought that was weird too. I'm like, ew, get the fuck like, out of here. Who says that? What teenage kid says that to anybody? They Nobody. Don't... No one. Except for a fucking creep. And I refuse to believe that Muldoon and, and Meyer would raise a creep. He seemed fine. Otherwise, that was like some weird one-off where he was like, you're pretty. I'm like, yeah. what? But I thought that the, I thought that the, the dot, the two daughters had some chemistry. They kind they probably more than anyone else in the movie. Yeah. I was praying. I literally fishes and loaves style praying for something to happen. I'm like, I hope they get into a romance, (laughs) something. Dominique Swain starts sleeping around. I need something here. And I got nothing with all my praying. It did not come to fruition. It didn't. It didn't. That whole character perplexed me. All right. Number five, Anne. <laughs> so there is a character who actually is the first person you see in the movie. Yeah. Who is, on the surface, looks like a homeless person. He was definitely homeless. They had him in a Baja, a, a soot a, a, adorned with soot, as yeah. though he was a chimney sweep. Yeah. I love how in these movies, they always make people who are homeless look like they're chimney sweeps. Like they just have black soot smeared across their face well he but he didn't even have he just had it on his like you said his baja whatever pullover because the rest of him seemed rather clean and fine 
Yeah. Except for the fact that he was pushing a shopping cart. That was like the clue that he was homeless. Here's the thing. He's like this angel that kind of like comes and goes for Patrick Muldoon. I wasn't sure what he was. I'm like, is he, he's either Jesus or a schizophrenic or maybe both. Both. Yeah. Probably both. Well, no, because remember he says his last name is DeAngelis. Like he's like of angel. He's actually literally spelling it out. It's like an angel slash schizophrenic. Which, again, I was like, at least keep this guy around because he's going to liven things up. Oh, yeah. He kept, like, appearing, like, mysteriously. He really wanted Smuldoon to, to travel to, the, to uh, maybe, you know, he worked for the Arizona Tourism Board. <laughs> and then he inexplicably shows up in Arizona. He gets there. And I'm like, how did he get there? He must have just been magic. Here's the thing. I know this is focusing in on something that nobody else could care less about. But they have him wearing this hat. Yeah. And there's several times where he, it seems like he's pointedly like taking off the hat. And I kept waiting for some kind of big thing about this hat because it just seems so purposeful. Like, why does he keep taking this hat on and off? I am telling you right now, this director said to every <laughs> single person, have a backstory, make some character choices. <laughs> and this guy goes, my thing's going to be taking the hat on and off. Swain was like, I'm going to do Southern Bell accent. Myers all finally I can pull out my old New York accent I think they all were like finally I can break free and, and add my twist <laughs> and yeah and go and go I, I the whole the the whole angel thing was very yeah. not fleshed out let's just and Muldoon say was like I'm just gonna show up and read my lines the way I normally do if that's cool yeah thank god I will say Muldoon's hair finally looked normal I did not think it was a hairpiece see oh you know what I thought was funny too there's a scene where he's standing there with Bruce Davison and I was like Bruce Davison has Muldoon's hair only it's white I'm not trying to pick on Patrick Muldoon I think Bruce Davison's hair was better though maybe that's it maybe Muldoon just needs a new hair cutter yeah I you know what I think maybe he just needs a needs some styling yeah a little bit of styling changes all right, Anne, and, and number six. Oh, number six, okay. This is the last one, and I don't know if you stuck around for the credits. What, what? So during the credits, a, a, a sort of very minor subplot of this movie is that they're putting together this church musical. That was such a weird, like, why, why include that? What, I think solely just because of the credits. So then in the credits, they start <laughs> doing this musical, which was like, I, I, it defied they probably did it for the movie and then they felt bad that they had to cut it cut the scene so they said let's just throw it on the credits it was so in a weird in a movie that was already weird it was so weird it was about like noah's ark and god but people are literally running around like crystal meth heads or something like it was it did, they're running back and forth across the stage and they're holding these <laughs> again props they have like these cardboard cutout things. i was like what is this and no sign of any member of the of the leading cast. It's no. just randos doing this musical. I don't know. I'll tell you what my, I thought the most upsetting thing was, is that Muldoon's name in the movie is Pastor Randy. <laughs> I was like, God, I mean, I can't imagine in life anyone encountering someone who goes by Pastor Randy and having had a positive experience. I, I Oh, and here's my other thing. So when, so in the credits are rolling. Yeah, you got to stay. Listen, if you watch this movie, you have to stick around for the credits. Yeah, that's it. But the beginning credits started going when Muldoon was giving his, his, um, 
his sermon at his church was closing and he did the can i get an amen yeah and i go this i'm in this is gonna be great <laughs> um but i saw in the credits it said william mcnamara now william mcnamara is an actor that when i was in like middle school i guess middle school well anyway i had this fascination me and like a couple of friends used to watch this movie called stealing home we should do fucking stealing home yeah let's do stealing home. i haven't seen that in years um a stealing home which is a movie with mark Harmon and jodie foster and william mcnamara in the movie plays young mark Harmon, and he's super hot and i was so excited because i haven't seen him in years and he comes rolling up in this movie in these did you notice they kept dressing him in these weird shirts yeah that barely fit him it was like they were like two sizes too small yeah and i just was like oh william mcnamara what happened yeah that was and and let me say this actually that should have been number seven on my list because <laughs> there is so a scene weird. where he's so nervous he <laughs> has been asked to go as part of the sermon that he's going to go out with the choir. I don't know why that's so nervous. He is the choir director. He, the, the whole thing is making him so nervous. And he's back backstage, I guess. I don't know what you call it. With with his girlfriend, Reva. And she is like sort of giving him this pep speech, pep talk, which somehow culminates in her saying that he should propose to her. Or he says he's going to. He, yeah. He and if he does, she'll, she'll stop flirting around, basically. That's right. Yes. I think flirting was, fu was for fucking because I think that it was a Jesus fishes in love. So they couldn't say that, but that was the implication to me. If you read between the lines. Well, maybe I was just praying that's what was going to happen to make it interesting. <laughs> but she's like, well, then you better get down on one knee. So he literally. You better get down on the one knee, sugar bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could remember some of the stupid aphorisms she says, but, um, but he gets down on one knee, but he doesn't. He and at no point does he propose or have a ring. <laughs> he literally just gets down on one ring and then awkwardly hugs her, basically like around her midsection. Yes, it like, was very bizarre that whole scene. And you know what else is funny? How he when he's the choir director. Did you notice that his he did like how they do in in like um children's times where he just waves his fingers to and fro <laughs> like the way a little kid would conduct you know and listening to music that was what he did is he stood at the background and just waved his pointer fingers back and forth in time to the music and it did make me laugh in in like weirdly tight shirts well yeah and again he's just wearing as you said street clothes but the choir is in like their robes like i'm like why doesn't he have something that <gasps> he's in jeans and a t-shirt yeah as was the pastor as was everyone, anyone who got, I'm like, I mean, I know we've become a more casual society, but I think that pastors at least still get dressed up to give a sermon. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's no rules in Arizona. I, I guess. I don't know. It seems so strange to me. So many, so many strange things in this film. I didn't, I didn't enjoy myself with fishes and loaves. Cool no. and heaven sent no but I mean, that's it didn't go full kirk cameron it it, oh, it just God, sort of dabbled that job <laughs> uh, you know what i've oh can i just say this i have had a problem with kirk cameron since the 80s and since i'll tell you why. wait not when he was on growing Pains. yes when he was on growing pains and oh. i'm gonna tell you why 
Okay. Because he became, I don't know if he was already like this evangelical Christian or whatever he is, but if for those of us that watched Growing Pains, he had a girlfriend on the show named yeah. Julie, who was the blonde girl, right? That actress's name is Julie McCullough. She got started in the business by being in Playboy. She was a playmate. Oh. And now I have to look her up. Kurt Cameron got her fired from the show because he didn't you know agree with her life choices and that she was in playboy and didn't find it morally you know acceptable yet his best friend on the show's name was boner oh yeah i forgot about that r.i.p by the way he he died the guy who played boner but um he did he did very sad but my point is kirk cameron's a fucking loser hypocrite and always has been and i really don't like i mean he's just became full crazy at this point but back then even as a kid i was like that's fucked up yeah it does say that she was fired in 1990 which allegedly stemmed from series star kirk cameron's conversion to evangelical christianity <sighs> i got a lot of problems with kirk cameron all right Anne. well a good a good episode though to kick off the new year and uh who knows what the rest of season two will bring? Oh, and you know what, everybody? I think we should, you know what, what, Christy? I think that we should ask our listeners if there's anything that they think we should be watching. That's true. That's good. Put it out there. So if you guys have any suggestions, by all means, by all means, because <laughs> clearly we were scraped. When we came up with this one, it's like, well, what are we going to you know, watch a Muldoon? <laughs> all right, what, which one should we do? Like, what do we do? And then that one came up because it seemed like it would be fun. So yeah, by all means, please give us our, give us some suggestions. You can yep. put it on our Instagram or send an email or put it in the comments on. Actually, don't put it in the comments on the platform sites because we don't know how to check them. We have no idea. Rate and review. And thank you for listening. And that too. <laughs> <laughs> Just run a mama, my body.